Hello all and welcome back to another edition of Irreligiosophy. Uh, once again we have come to our monthly guest podcast and in this podcast we have Nicholas Feidler. I'm sure I'm butchering your last name but uh, I'll let you correct that so why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself. Alright well I'll start off with uh, Fiedler. It's a uh, it's a German name so if, if you've got something against Germans uh, maybe that was coming out there. I don't know. Um, you guys sound pretty uh, pretty on to it. Uh, in the philosophy realm, so I bet you like Germans, but uh, yeah, it's Nick Fiedler. Um, let's see, by way of introduction, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm 27 years old. I, I live in the American Southeast. It, it fluctuates where exactly I'm living from any given time. Uh, most recently, we'll, my wife and I will be moving to Atlanta, Georgia. I do. I run a podcast as well, have been for about three or four years, called the Nick and Josh Podcast, which is um, our tagline is we're podcasting on faith, religion, um, well, I'm sorry. That's I even have our wrong, our wrong title. We just we just came up with that. I like it. It's um, uh, faith, reason, and absurdity. So uh, it's in a it's in the same uh, genre as you guys probably under under iTunes, but it's a slightly uh, slightly different. I'm a uh, an English student by uh, by studying, but I also uh, was was one class away from being a double major in English and religion. So. I just didn't want to stay an extra semester at school, so I've got a little religion background, and uh, but mostly interested in uh, in writing and reading and literature. Um, aside from that, my wife and I just got back from a 15-month trip around the world, uh, during which I basically was trying to define what uh, I thought my beliefs were, and I uh, came up with a um, title that I that I've used since uh, since pretty much packing up uh, called uh, hopeful skepticism for for my religion um, and uh, that's based in uh, mostly the Christianity of my early life and uh, kind of my uh, education and leaving of Christianity in, in general um, uh, to what I've what I've kind of become now so I've got a, a book of that title the hopeful skeptic coming out in uh, December of this year and how's that for intro? Well, that's that's pretty good. Now, uh, what, what what is your childhood religion like? I mean, how were you raised religiously? Christian, but Christian all over. Um, I was very involved. My family's always been involved with the church, uh, and I was growing up. Uh, different denominations, all mainline denominations, uh, like Wesleyan, um, Baptist, Presbyterian. I went to a Presbyterian high school, so I got um, I got a lot of that. Uh, Education, quote unquote. Um, and did you say that you left Christianity? Um, yes, yes. Uh, I think in the first in the first page of my book, what I say is I've I've have stopped defining myself as a Christian um, because I don't think that Christians would define me that way. And you know, I'm not gonna I'm not just gonna have that to associate me with things that I kind of was connected to in the past. So. Um, Do you still believe in God or any aspects of Christianity? Yes, I I'm, I still believe in God, and uh, there's aspects of Christianity that I guess I would believe on, but most of the stuff I would say either no or I don't know about. Now, the uh, stuff you would say no on is, uh, what, what pray tell would those be? I mean, why would somebody not call you a Christian? Um, well, on the fundamentalist side, they'd probably not call me a Christian because... Uh, I, I don't think that a man can be swallowed by a whale and survive in its stomach for three days. Um, I don't think that there could be a huge sea that could be parted. Um, I don't think that the Bible came handed down to us in a way that um, your friends over there in Salt Lake might have might have seen <laughs> the Book of Mormon coming to them. Uh, it, you know, I believe uh, you accept any miracles or miracles out. Uh, this, it's, it's hard. I think uh, it changes on a daily basis, <laughs> but I would, I would definitely never say, uh, a hundred percent. Yes. That's, that's, I, I, miracles are in, I, I would have to say, because I, I came to the point where I, I took old Testament miracles out. So now I'm, I'm working, you know, I'm kind of recovering as I'm going through this. So I've, I've kind of, um, am trying to take out and let go what I can at, at the time. But right now, New Testament, New Testament miracles are, are, Usually they're out, yeah. But I, I wouldn't, you know, in, I try to be pretty, uh, or I try to be humble in my beliefs, so I don't try to 
push that one way or the other. If somebody says they completely believe in that, I'm not going to say 100% no, that didn't happen. Uh, and I'm not going to say, you know, that, that I believe that 100% anyway. So, What do you think it was that made you leave Christianity and stop defining yourself as a Christian? What was, what was the breaking point, I guess? Uh, I think half of it came along that um, a lot of people that I knew and I had known for a while and knew me. Uh, I've worked in a church. I've worked in a church for about uh, seven years. What'd you do? Uh, I was usually working with students, um, so I would speak, um, play music, kind of lead groups, things like that. Oh, so you're pretty heavily involved. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like you were. Uh, I mean, you were. I, you wouldn't really consider yourself a preacher. You were just kind of teaching some of the lessons, right? I was the youth guy. Okay. So that's uh, yeah. So yeah, I did teach some lessons, but no, I would never have never have been classified as a as a preacher. So you you uh, spent some time seven years corrupting the youth, basically. Yeah, yeah. That's. Uh, <laughs> Please tell me you never taught them that men have one less rib than women. No, no. In fact, that's uh, you know it it came to a part where uh, I was uh, the the church I was working at and at the time kind of uh, we parted ways. They thought it would be a better idea for me to not be there. So, um, and I think that came because. I guess when, as you're thinking about these ideas and as you're going from Christianity to something else or starting to really have serious questions, you know, how did the Bible come to us? Did miracles happen? Things like that. You realize when you're teaching people, you don't want to, you know, if you're honest with yourself, you don't want to teach people things that you're doubting. So, uh, you know, when I would talk with people, I think it got less substantial each time that I would I would talk to people because there were more things that I would say phrases like I don't know about or or things like that and yeah so so I've so, kind of parted ways since then so it was a pretty gradual process I and mean, that's kind of that's a fairly common yeah story fairly common thing somebody starts questioning something and then yeah was there any moment where you said ah, I'm not a Christian anymore definitely not um I think that was that was right as um I was packing up um before we took this trip or the last 15 months now, my wife and I, since we've been married, we decided we don't want to go to church. We haven't been going to church and anything like that. But, you know, I've, if people ask me at, at that time, you know, maybe two years ago or something when we hadn't been going to church and I hadn't been working in a church, uh, I'd probably still say, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. But um, I think when people that I was having conversations about uh, spiritually, um, if we would have a conversation, they would say, well, you know, you're, you're not a Christian, you know, you don't necessarily, you know, you don't believe these things that you have to believe, um, then I just thought, well, it'd probably be better for everybody for me just to, just to drop that title altogether because, uh, I've got, it doesn't make a difference to me. I don't think that I'm going somewhere or not going somewhere after I die based on a label that I have or based on, you know, beliefs in general. So I had a similar experience. I mean, I had identified myself as a Mormon my entire life. And I probably did uh, for months after uh, I admitted to myself that I was an atheist. And uh, the first time that I, you know, someone asked me if I was a Mormon and I said no, it was uh, kind of surprising. It was kind of surprising, yeah. Well, um, curiously enough to me, uh, I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you uh, talk about how you've, you've gradually fallen away from Christianity itself. And the question going through my head is, what is forcing you to cling to the concept of God itself. I mean, if you're questioning Christianity, miracles, so on and so forth, uh, what is it that's stopping you from further questioning if the Bible is nothing but a bunch of stories written down by a tribal people, then what is stopping you from questioning the actual existence of God himself? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it's uh, it's it's valid. Um... I can give you what answer I actually think is at the heart of it. I think that growing up and being surrounded um, by religious people, uh, it's it's the one thing that has always kind of been around me, even if in different denominations or things like that. So maybe maybe part of it is just that because of my upbringing and because uh, it's it's you know in the back of my head, even though I say right now like I can say whatever I want or believe whatever I want, and I, I don't believe that I'm ever physically going to go to a place that I'm going to burn, you know, maybe in my subconscious I'm still like, well, at least if you hold on to like some aspect of deism, uh, you know, maybe that's your, that's your get out of jail free card in case, in case you've got something. So it's, it's possible that that's, that's a, that's a reason. But for me, um, I still, 
um, and I've always kind of been compelled that there is a a different force uh, in creation, and uh, I think that for me saying that I believe that there is a uh, that there is a God, it's it's me thinking of whatever uh, that there being something outside of myself, and uh, and I think that's why that's what everybody kind of comes down to saying, like maybe like oh well, we just want to believe in something bigger than us or whatever. Um, so maybe it's a cop out, maybe it's a it's a bad defense, but um, I think there's something at the at the core of everything, and it's it's not that I think that I need that for a life purpose, but it's yeah, it's just kind of an inkling I have, I guess. I don't even know that I would say that it's a belief. It's just kind of like a it's like a I have a hint that there might be there might be ah something. Uh, it's interesting you mentioned um, deist God, who kind of I guess created things and then took off. Uh, set the universe in motion, right, and then sort of left. I mean, this this uh, is a uh, an idea that um, it seems to me wouldn't be worthy of any more worship than, say, Spinoza's God, which is essentially the same as nature, or Einstein being uh, awed by the workings of the universe. I mean, is that kind of where you're going, or, or yeah. is there something that you kind of would get together every Sunday and say, you know, let's sing hymns to this uh, cloth Death winder. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I think, um, in, in all honesty, it's it's a it's it's not a personal um, being. It's something I think it, it would be closer to Einstein. What what his you know this this the quotes that he has on God or have been co opted by uh, by Christians to really. Um, I don't know, maybe make a proof from God, but I think for him it was language that he was using to explain something that he didn't understand. Um, and I think that for me it, it operates in the same way. Um, I'm not using it as something like, yeah, we should you know, sacrifice something to this, uh, whether it be blood offering or prayers or you know, give him a, a, a hand every once in a while and, and, uh, and write song, love songs about it or anything like that. Um, but I think maybe it's it's a, a uh, and it's an identifier of something that I'm that I'm unsure of, you know. Now you say you're a hopeful skeptic. What do you hope? I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't hope that the God of Christianity is real, especially if you don't quite believe in him. Yeah, you and I would probably <laughs> burn for thousands and well millions of. Millennia, as far as that's so. concerned, I hope the Mormons are right because they just there's no hell really. It's like three kingdoms. Yeah, and, you and I get to live on Earth. That's not bad. Kind of continually, that's not bad. So, what are you hopeful about? Um, a lot really. Um. I'm hopeful for our Earth. I, you know, I'm sick of I'm sick of the Christian agenda that that we live on this fallen Earth and that that people are 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 bad and that um, the Earth is cursed and damned or whatever, um, all because of some some incident involving fruit. I'm I'm hopeful for for humanity as a whole. Um, I think that we can achieve really great things. I think that they're evil people and they're good people, but I don't, I don't think that the whole world is evil or damned. Um, and I, I'm hopeful when it comes to this idea that, that I think that there's something outside of us that I, you know, view as as being a um, more of an impersonal type aspect of, of the universe. Uh, I'm hopeful in that. I'm hopeful that people can change. Uh, I'm hopeful that uh, people will evolve outside of contemporary Christianity. If that, I'm hopeful that eventually Christianity will evolve and, and that people will inside the church uh, come to terms with facts about their own religion and and learn to process them and if they want to still be part of that religion at least acknowledge the parts of them that are wrong that they're going that they're that they're kind of blindsided about I'm hopeful about uh, about a lot of things but I guess I guess I'm just hopeful in people I think that people uh, people can change in the face of Christianity the face of uh, Islam and things like that and like with my own thoughts and my own writing, I don't try to pull people out of the church or say, "Hey, I stopped going to church or this, whatever." But I hope that you know they realize things um, about how the Bible is constructed, about whatever, um, about how you know most of our prayers, if if you're praying, are are completely selfish and and just if there was a God, like the the fact that He would even want to hear like what what some of these people are saying to Him is is just ridiculous. But um, yeah, so. I don't know. Does that answer? I'm kind of hopeful about a lot of stuff, but I would said people. Say, would you say you're more of a humanist then? That's actually what I was going to get to. It almost, I mean, 
forgive me for saying so, uh, Nicholas, but it sounds like you are on the cusp of going atheist and that you're, you're more of a humanist than anything else. I mean, you just pointed out that, uh, that by people kneeling down and praying, it's, it's more, a, more of a selfishness type of thing because they're praying for things that they want or so on and so forth. And that you even pointed out that why would a deity want to listen to this? And I hate to say it, it sounds like you're on the cusp of going atheist. So do you classify yourself as a humanist or what, where does that go? Well, I think uh, well, you don't have to it's, accept a, a personal god to to be a theist. Very right? true. Very you, true. You could be a pantheist like Spinoza. You believe in God as something in everything. Yeah. Um, or hopeful, you could be a deist. Um, I mean, it seems like, or you could be spiritual and thinking that there's something higher than you. I guess. Well, the reason why it sounds to me like he's going uh, going atheist is I, I love saying. I that. love that term. Going <laughs> atheist. You just, I think you guys just like to turn people, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no. I mean, the reason why it sounds to me like you are on the cusp of going atheist is because you followed the same track that both Charlie and I have, where you start to look at things critically and it starts to chip away at that belief. And you stated yourself that much of the reason why you cling to those beliefs is because of childhood comfort, of uh, of kind of the habit of it all. Sure. I, don't, I, I think I'm on the cusp of something. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what it is. Um, I think uh, right now I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much uh, comfortable with, with being in uh, the spiritual realm. I, I don't know. And, and my wife and I have conversations about this all the time. My wife would probably call herself an atheist. I'm pretty sure. And, and this is almost a weekly conversation where she would say, so like, why, did, why not just give up on this whole idea? Why keep on morphing the idea of your God, you know, the idea of a God into a less and less personal thing and a more and more distant thing? And it's a great question. But uh, I don't know. I guess there's something uh, there's something spiritual still about me that uh, if if I'm on the cusp of atheism, it's it hasn't that the spirit of spiritualism hasn't left me yet. Well, I mean, I can understand. I I went through a lot of the same process where where both Charlie and I we we kind of came to the same conclusion through different paths, but it it happened with me where. I would believe in religion, and then things started getting chipped away, and so I started believing less in the religion itself and more in the awe-inspiring, um, all-over type belief. And then slowly even that chipped away until I stand where I am today. And you seem to be on the very same path, and from the sounds of it, your wife went through probably the same exact steps. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I think she... She kind of found well. I, I don't want to speak for her, but I, I think she she skipped over steps. I think she just said, "Well, there's no reason to, you know, walk down in the, um, you know, walk myself down in this arena. Might as well just step out of it, you know." Um, <laughs> so uh, I I've kind of pretty rationalistic the way that I go through things, and then I guess at the same time irrationalistic when I'm thinking about the idea of just being spiritual. But uh, yeah. It, could be that I'm on that I'm on the cusp here, and it could be that I'm I'm following that path. But it seems like, and I don't know, maybe you guys can can tell me a little bit about more about your stories. But it seems like I've been in the spot that I'm in right now for the longest period of time. I mean, one of the things that I try to communicate about my stories that I, I think that everybody changes and we're changing all the time. And one of the ridiculous things about having beliefs, um, like that in a certain religion, is that they they don't give you your they don't let you change things. You have to you have to have a statement of belief, and the fact that we as humans change and adapt, and that's what's made us evolve for millions of years, and uh, it's it's our sole survival tactic to change and adapt. But in places of religion, you're not allowed to do that. You have a set belief system, set belief structure, and um, you know I, I know that I change all the time. But this, the idea of thinking of uh, some spiritual god out there, some some. God or or whatever uh, is something that I haven't been changing on for a while, um, even as I've left the church and left almost all Christian uh, conventional beliefs. So um, maybe I'm on a maybe I'm on a, a process towards atheism, but uh, it seems like I'm stuck in this little area right now, and I've been here long enough that it I don't know that it's going to 
fall over into atheism. It just seems like this is uh, almost a place where I've landed. But I, I always leave myself open to to change, and I like the options. This is uh, it's interesting for me. It was a combination of philosophy um, and learning about critical thinking and logic and fallacies um, and empiricism and evidence and science, which uh, through medical school was a constant call for evidence and. Uh, you know, I I had known, I think, that I was uh, an atheist, or at least I hadn't been able to s muster a sincere belief in any sort of God for a long time before I admitted it to myself. doesn't sound like that's what's happening with you, so I'm interested in what about the concept or idea of a supreme being or something greater than yourself is attractive to you. Uh, I think the idea of of unification... I think the idea that there's something, there's a common bond that's held through, not only just through humans, but uh, through the universe as we know it, um, that there is some sort of unifying aspect. doesn't even have to be, a, like, like I said, not a personal aspect, but, but if there is something that is, that is linking us um, or that has us together, that's, I think that's, a, um, that's something that I, that I think would, would benefit my life if, if if it is the way that I think it is, you know, that there is some, some kind of underlining the, the ultimate ground, if, if you would, about thinking about God. Um, yeah. So maybe that's, does that even answer the question? I don't know. I don't well, know. It, it answers it well enough. Uh, what, what's going through my head right now? See, uh, see my deconversion, it, it took about 10 years and I've always been a quiet sort of man about my beliefs. And so I didn't even tell my family that I was even questioning religion until finally I had decided to be an atheist and where I'd, I'd finally couldn't muster any sort of belief in anything and what led me down the path to atheism was two things my my love of history and my love of traveling now you yourself have traveled quite a bit and uh, in in your statement uh, you pointed out that you like the idea of a, a unifying type of being, type of uh, type of afterlife, uh, what have you. Um, the one thing, no, no afterlife, no afterlife, well, just you know, force or unifying force. Yeah, excuse me for that, but uh, but the one thing that I I couldn't grasp quite was that as I traveled around to uh, to Middle Eastern countries, to South American countries, to Asian countries, is that there was no unifying tie where their religious beliefs came from. I mean, I would think that if there was some sort of unify, unification type power out there, that there would be some common thread that would spread throughout all of these nations, and that was the one thing I was never able to find. Now, you yourself have traveled. Has this ever occurred to you, or have you ever even uh, seen it or considered it? Yeah, well, I should, uh, I should say that I don't think that... Um modern religion is is if if there is uh some kind of unifying force i don't think that that modern religion is the way to tap into it or or has been successful i think it's we've got a pretty bad track record and i you know i guess i'll speak for the for the christian side of the track record but go wherever go in whichever way you want i think that religion uh has basically been a, a divider not a unifier which is again uh, another reason why uh, I stepped away from Christianity because I was more interested in um, ideas that unified people and not that drove people apart. And uh, Christianity to me seems more uh, like defining an in-group and an out-group as opposed to trying to find out how we can all work together um, for the betterment. And and that's part of you know being a humanist, I guess uh, is is kind of accepting the fact that we're all here together and we might as well make the most of it. Yeah, so religiously traveling, no. Um, that's not always seen, uh, that, that religion is the great unifier. Um, although, uh, you know, there are places that, you know, I, I think that uh, religion worked kind of well to unify people. But it wasn't even the idea of God. I think it was the idea of ritual that was unifying people. So... So yeah, yes, yes, and no to that answering about about that <laughs> <laughs> traveling. How's that? <laughs> that's pretty good. That, that's good. Um, enough. Uh, we still have yet to find a culture that does not have religion. Yeah. So if you're looking for a unifying factor, religion probably is, and you could just say that they're interpreting 
this divine essence or unifying force based upon their own cultural lens, I suppose. Hmm. Well, see, and I mean, the way I see... <clears throat> if fact, you're positing a unifying yeah, force. If, you're, <laughs> if there is a unifying force... If you're married to that idea. If you're married to that idea. All I see is the reason why cultures have religion is because how do you explain lightning if you haven't learned the, the aspects, the scientific aspects behind it? Obviously, the first thing that comes to mind is a supernatural type explanation, and that carries forward, so on and so forth. I mean, it's it's just like sitting around at story time, like the Native Americans used to do, where they used to explain things away naturally, or or that type well, of thing. What if it's true, Leighton? What if it's true that Zeus Think is of, up there throwing lightning exactly. at my ass? Oh, you're exactly. you're gone. You're gone. If this if this is true, you get so how how let me ask you guys a question. How many times do, do people uh, you know turn the table and just say, well, you know, what if you guys are wrong? How how many times do you get that as an atheist? That's what I want to know. A lot. I bet like every day somebody asks you like, hey, can you afford to be wrong? Yeah. Well, I, it's it's kind of funny that you say that because uh, I was up visiting my mother uh, probably about uh, two three weeks ago. And uh, just out of the blue, she was asking me about my girlfriend. My girlfriend was out of town at the time. And she just instantly switched it over to say, you know what, I know about your, uh, the podcast you do online, and uh, although you, uh, you say that all you're doing is bringing forward the, uh, the scholarly aspects of things. That is this your mom that's th talking? This is my mom that's talking. That she actually uh, was pointing out that all I was doing was trying to tear people away from God. And then she instantly switched it over to say that she knows for a fact that when I was a child, I felt God in my life. <laughs> and that, <laughs> that even though I am denying it right now, sooner or later I will turn back. And in fact, she even told me that she's praying to God that I will have whatever conflict, so on and so forth, that I need to, even if I have to be knocked down to the lowest rung in life, to be able to turn back to God. So it's, it's pretty constant. Prayer is something that people do to feel like they're doing something when they're doing nothing. <laughs> uh, my, it's... my stock answer to that is, they'll ask me, well, what if you're wrong? It's kind of a, um, it's a version of Pascal's wager. Um, can you afford yeah. to be wrong? What if you're wrong? Uh, my my stock answer to that is, if you'd give me one shred of evidence that you guys are right, I will entertain that question. And I have yet to see anyone respond with anything. Well, I, I know your dad sends you a lot of emails about iron mines down in <laughs> yeah. South America. <laughs> yeah, I get a lot of that. <laughs> anyway, you were about to ask something, Nick. Oh, I, I was just going to say, it sounded like uh, if you had this, uh, this spiritual experience where you felt God earlier on in your life, uh, and I'm sorry if this comes out of the ex-church worker in me, um, you know, I, I think I remember something about what, what, what God takes he can never lose. So uh, I, I think that you're, you're part of this, whether you want to be or not. I, I don't know that you can be an atheist, because once, once God's got a hold on you, you're, you're there. You're stuck, Leighton. Well, that's, yeah. that's an interesting concept. So uh, you also were baptized too. That's yes, permanent. that's very true. You but we're both one. waiting Whoa. for the LDS Church to uh, to consider me and and find out about this and then excommunicate <laughs> me. So perhaps that's where God gets his chain off of my neck. Wait, are, are you still technically a member of the LDS Church? I am still Leighton technically is. a I member of the LDS Church. Yes. In, <laughs> in fact, my father is an ex bishop. And uh, my mother, she's worked in primaries. She's uh, uh, she's been like a, a relief society teacher, I think, a whole bunch of things. So my family is, uh, I mean, we're talking strictly, strictly religious. And uh, where the LDS Church is concerned, I mean, if I wanted to, I could go to them and demand my records be pulled from it. But that's just too much trouble for what it's worth. I, I just don't care. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, technically, I am still part of the LDS Church. I have been baptized, and uh, I guess through that baptism, I'm going to heaven, sort of. <laughs> yeah, see, it's it's easier for for uh, for you people, and I, I mean that as as Mormons, uh, to to go to turn atheist. It's because you know you you know that you're 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 somewhere. You know, maybe it's an Earth, maybe it's another. You know, maybe you don't get to the the you know the third heaven or the, or the special 
special planet, but, eh, you know, maybe you don't get the heavenly sex, but at least you get something. You know, it's, it's harder for people of my stock to uh, just go straight in there because we don't have that assurance of, you know, like if all of those people in Salt Lake City are right, you guys are fine. You know, uh, it's not not true where you come from, where 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 I grow up. You know, so well. See, that's right. interesting that you would point out that it would be easier because uh, first thing I did was deny uh, deny the LDS Church, and then I started looking around to see well maybe others are proper, and then I denied the rest. So I mean, uh, well, I mean, it, it may very well be that you're right. That maybe psychologically it is easier for an LDS. Uh, member to fall away from any type of religion and go atheist. It's also easier because the LDS story is so patently absurd. <laughs> that once yes. you realize that, it just kind of falls off. You're done with it. You slough it. Yeah, yeah it just it's gone. Uh, and maybe it's easier to believe in miracles that happened like 2,000 years ago, but when you have to believe that they were still happening 100 years ago, you know, 200 years ago, yeah. then uh, it gets a little harder. Christians also have the benefit of 2,000 years of apologetic philosophy. Um, well, that's... pretty good philosophy in there, uh, Augustine and um, Aquinas especially. Uh, yeah. Well, there's been a lot of thought. That my biggest contention with that is that it really hasn't evolved since then. And uh, and if this this was you know another another part of my problem with Christianity, if your apologetics is still is still with like the first two big names that came out hundreds of years ago, and it hasn't evolved past that, then it's kind of bad, you know. When was the last time we had a great um, you know thinker or defender? That is actually hilarious that you say that because that's one of the LDS uh, ways of causing people to believe is they state, well, you know, uh, mainline Christianity that only believe in the Bible, they have all these miracles in the past, why wouldn't God create miracles in the future where we stand right now? And that's, that's one of their mainline hook and sinker type deals there. They get continuing revelation and they have continuing miracles. But then you ask them to show the miracles, and they're all uh, dumbed-down versions like childbirth, you know, is a miracle. Not necessarily. <laughs> I've shown you some of the emails. Yeah, from but they're like so that. ridiculous, though. Like, Leighton was telling me about this guy who paid his tithing, and he got, like, a $10 bill in his cabbage or something. It's oh, yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, there was, uh, it was during the Depression. Uh, he had the choice to feed his family or pay his tithing. He paid his tithing. And within the the folds of a cabbage he was growing out back in his personal garden, he found a ten dollar bill. That's that's one of the the mainstream LDS uh, miracle stories that I'd kind love of it if around. Thomas S. Monson would walk on water or something or float or something. Well, neither of us like him, so we'd both no, be hoping he would sink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's yeah. interesting. I, I mean, these these stories um, seem to circulate, and I don't think that they're. Uh, Specific to any any uh, whether it be LDS or whatever, but yeah, the idea of like the you don't have any money in this one check. I mean, I I was told that stuff since I was a kid. Like you know they, they whatever they didn't have enough to make the ends meet, and then all of a sudden groceries end up outside their door or this check or this money or something. You know, it's it's but if if you're gonna make up a story about a miracle, why don't why don't you just go all out? Go big. Well, see, and, and that's the interesting aspect. I think a lot of miracles are in the mind of the beholder. And why I say this is, uh, this is actually something Charlie and I discussed uh, a while back. Uh, my father cast out demons from a small child uh, because the child was rambunctious. And then as soon as he was done uh, casting out demons, he said to me, and even uh, walked around, and my mother said the same thing, oh, she's so much better now that... Uh, now that she's had this, uh, I guess, blessing. And the funny thing is, is looking through it through my eyes, I saw absolutely no difference between the child before and the child after. Not a single shred of it. And that, to me, is the very basis of where miracles come from, is people's perceptions. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. For, it's, it's, it's a miracle in the eye of the beholder, I guess. I'm still I'm just... flabbergasted. It's such a medieval concept. Of casting he demons thinks that out. demons are inhabiting the body of this child. Obviously, really? you and I have a demon inside. Of and us. the effect is that they're a little louder than other children. A little wild, little rambunctious. See, I, you know, I had that demon early on, but we found out that, um, you know, basic, uh, 
medicine for ADHD and ADD would take <laughs> care of that. And may, maybe this is – have you guys ever thought that maybe it's just maybe you've got so much in common with um, you know the religious and spiritual. You use different words. You know, They say you, – they say demon, but you mean mental health. You know, maybe you guys really have a lot together. And they say they say miracle when you when like maybe you would use the word I don't know like medication, or hmm they 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 use the word prayer, but you use the word concentrate. Do you think that maybe this is just all miscommunication between all of us? Like maybe uh, maybe they should just try on a different set of words for a little while, and and like they would they would kind of come to the reasoning uh, that you guys have come to. No. Not, not even the <laughs> no, least. No, um, my parents believe the world's six thousand years old. Uh, the uh, flood, global flood, actually happened. Uh, Jesus Christ raised bodily from the tomb three days after he was buried. These are things that uh, aren't semantics. These are definitely fundamental differences between them. Yes, very much so. In fact, I brought up the Epic of Gilgamesh with my mother, flat out explained it to her, and she burst into tears in front of me, and told me that. The reason why we have rainbows is because it's God's promise that he would not flood the earth again. So there are absolute yeah. fundamental differences between Charlie's and my thinking and our family's thinking. I've had arguments with people that have told me that uh, I don't care if Mormonism is true or false. It just makes me feel good. It makes me feel good, so therefore, even if I knew even it was, it was false, totally wrong, I'm I would still, still go to church every Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I guess that's a common theme. I guess I'm I'm straddling the fence, uh, it, it, luckily, or 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 kind of finding this easy position in between one one hand being completely on board with you guys, and then one foot being uh, where I grew up, and I kind of find myself right in between it, and and I don't know, maybe it maybe it comes down to uh, just rationality. Do you do you believe that with the you know uh, with certain enlightening facts that anybody would that anybody could end up an atheist? Is, do you guys think that? Or do you think that some people just, uh, it doesn't matter, they're, they're just... It might depend on their age. <laughs> the, <laughs> older you get, the older you get, the more set in your ways you become. Um, if I was Mormon now, if I remain Mormon, I'm not sure I would change. Well, I mean, it would be very difficult to yeah. look back on your life and think, okay, Plus, I, I, I didn't go on years. a mission. You know, yeah. the Mormons are, are really impressive this way. They... They make you go on a, a two-year mission, right, when you're 19 to 21. So you dedicate two years of your life to your church. After that, and you pay 10% of your income, you'd feel really kind of foolish uh, after doing all that, saying, no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I just spent two of my two years of my God, life down the drain. Two years of my life and 10% of my well, income. And I mean, that very well could be... Uh, that's one thing about the LDS religion, is it's all about habit. In fact, uh, going to church every Sunday, going to uh, our Monday night uh, family home evenings, it's all about habit. And I think as you go along, it's, it's much like smoking. I mean, the act of smoking, they can give up the cigarettes, but it's the habit that remains behind. And I think that is actually one of, one of the big deciding factors there, is if a person's going to be able to change, you can hit them with as many facts as you possibly can dig up, but if they are so set in their habits, it won't do them any good. And it requires a certain mindset, I think. I think if um, you are absolutely 100% convinced that your religion is true because of certain experiences you've had, uh, facts just bounce off of you. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You yeah, can be told yeah. and you can know that something's true. The God shield. There's this little piece of your mind that says, well, that'll be explained after I'm dead. God will explain it later. Uh, they're immune. They're absolutely immune. Now, curiously enough, what does your family think of you kind of falling away from Christianity? I mean, you talked about how your family would bounce around to all of these churches, but from the sounds of it, your family was very much Christian. They just couldn't decide on what type of Christian they were. Oh, uh, well, uh, I don't think that uh, they were ever a, a, a specific denominational Christian. Any time that we were going to a different church, it was because we moved to a different area. So it wasn't uh, wasn't necessarily that we were just <laughs> trying stuff out and they <laughs> like, nope, this one this one doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> trying on a new set of pants. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the good thing about Christianity. There's so many flavors. I mean, you, you get you're gonna find one that that 
that you like, I guess. Uh, well, maybe maybe you guys would, but <laughs> I, prefer, I prefer the Unitarians. Yeah, I, I kind of like oh, the I like the old Egyptian way of doing things. Yeah. Unitarians are essentially atheist Christians. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you what, I I've really been starting to like the Unitarians. I yeah. maybe if I was going to call myself anything, uh, maybe to be Unitarian, I guess. Episcopalians would be a distant second. Uh, but Unitarians are pretty good. I don't know. I think I'd follow the Greek gods. I mean, <laughs> nothing like cutting open a goat and reading your future in the entrails. <laughs> well, it at least it's got it's got that spark to it. You know, it's got a little pizzazz. Yeah. Uh, everything's so watered down now. It's 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 nothing. Let me ask you this. I, I'd be interested to know um, from you guys. Given that most of the religions that we have right now aren't aren't going to disappear anytime soon, let's say that you guys could just reform. Uh, we'll just take Christianity, I guess. Uh, you knew that these that Christians are going to stay regardless. They're going to be following Jesus or whatever. They're going to be meeting weekly. I mean, what were some? What are some things that you would just, if you could just sit down with with the the organization of Christianity generally and say, look, these are things that we we wouldn't have as much of a problem with your religion if you could just do if you could just think these things or know these things or accept these things as true we know that you're not going to accept everything what are some what are some big things for you guys like individually like you say well you know it would be it would be a better religion if you guys just just could accept this truth or this fact uh, boy if 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 you could accept that um christianity and politics are separate i think <laughs> that would be the biggest first step well, I don't know. For me, it would have to be Christianity and logic, because I think a lot of times you have to toss logic out the window just just to follow Christianity. So I, I think the biggest change I would change within, uh, within, say, Christianity is that from the youth up, they teach logical thinking and logical thinking skills. Of course, I don't see that happening anytime soon when you have uh, Catholicism telling people not to get higher education because they've noticed with the increased education, belief in religion goes down. <laughs> yeah. I'd also like a more um, more emphasis at the younger ages and throughout um, Sunday school and, and, and the gatherings on the historical context of Very the Old so. Testament and the New Testament. How did this come to be, right? It didn't. God just didn't write this stuff. It came through men who wrote it down. Uh, there was after a gathering, you word, know, yeah. uh, with Constantine in the fourth century. After three centuries of, of copying, copying, and copying, and they just decided which twenty-seven books, it, you know, hop into the New Testament. I would love to see more historical context being taught. That's actually a very good point because uh, one of the problems I had with going to church, especially in the LDS church is it was the same concepts God, over and over and over again. In fact, I could wake up after... Pretty much church for me was a three-hour nap. But <laughs> I don't know how you did that every Sunday. Three-hour nap, dude. You just stay up all night Saturday but and you're But they get you golden. up. Like, you go an hour, they get you up, and you move to a different place. Trust me, it's not really moving when you're just kind of rolling <laughs> across the wall. You were never called upon to give a prayer or anything like that? Uh, every once in a while, but it was... They didn't bother they figure me out, out that you yeah, yeah. But, uh, but, I mean, that would have been one thing that would have been absolutely intriguing to me, is to actually pull out the histories. And I don't mean the history of, oh, our church, Joseph Smith, had uh, the revelation in the forest, he translated the plates, blah, blah, blah. But, but the I Book mean, of Mormon is harder, too, because they really believe the Book of Mormon was actual history. Yeah, that's that true. That a couple of Jews, a that's Jewish very family, true. came over across the uh, Atlantic, with reformed Egyptian. Native America <laughs> and became the Native Americans. I mean, they honestly believe this stuff. But I mean, not, take the Bible, for example. I would absolutely love it if they were to sit down and say, okay, although uh, this was kind of buried with our forefathers, the Egyptians had sacrament before we did, and this is how and why they believed in sacrament, and this is how and why we believe in uh, sacrament. That would never happen. It would never happen. <laughs> But I gotta tell you, I would have sat bolt upright in church if someone was pulling something like that. I would settle for some textual criticism, uh, first century New Testament. Here's the four Gospels. Here's where they agree. Here's where they're different. Um, this, these are uh, works done by men, uh, and let's show you all the differences. So you guys cannot literally believe that all the words here are true. But let's let's move from there because that's a historical fact. Let's, this right. is truth. Right. Let's move from there. Well, I guess if we're taking baby steps, that would be the way to go. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, what about you, uh, Nick? What what would you change, uh, being on the cusp as you are? What would you change about? What, what would make you more likely to to move to Christianity? Yeah. Um. Well, the stuff that you guys have have mentioned is is stuff that I would I would say if if I was ever going to walk if I was ever going to be part of a community a Christian community again, uh, it, we would have to come to terms. We'd have to acknowledge a few things, like you said. We'd have to acknowledge that. Um, one that so much uh, of of our stories are are um, metaphorical or or symbolic, um, and if if we need to start out with the Old Testament just to get people, you know, that's where I had to start out. Um, but just to be like, okay, okay, uh, nobody can survive in in the in the stomach of a whale, or you know, n- no. No evolution could happen in, in six literal days. Uh, things like this. I, I think that we need to get evolution off the table as a discussion at all. I don't think it should even be a really discussion in churches anymore. The fact that we're in 2009 and people are still think that it's possible for the for the world to be 6,000 years old. I, I think that needs to be taken out of the church. I don't think churches should be allowed to teach young earth. Yeah, I think that... Um, yeah, the yeah, laws telling us what we can teach in our public schools. Let's make some laws telling them what they can teach in the churches. <laughs> I, I know, right? Well, <laughs> you're, you're sending, you know, after that church, after that church service, you're sending those kids into a, uh, into a, into a, into a school, into yeah. a Sunday school. Uh, they even call it school, and uh, yeah, they they get taught the, um, you know, whatever, you know. Yeah, I can hear your wife sneaking up behind you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so amazing that it, it comes right over there. Yeah, she, she came in the room to grab something. Uh, amazing. Uh, I'm just sure. psychic. That's part of my God-given gift. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, that, that idea, um, these, these gifts of the Spirit, uh, maybe, maybe we can reevaluate that. <laughs> so so uh, you're telling me you would stop those preachers from slapping people down on the ground and yelling that they're healed? <laughs> Absolutely. In unless they're putting an equal amount of time and in investing into, uh, you know, the the millions of people out there that really need medication, uh, or suggest, you know, if if every time they did that, if they would at least like, uh, maybe push that person's name to a psychologist and just be like, look, uh, I told this person that I got rid of his demon, but I can tell this person is really screwed up. Could you just, you know, give him a call? Maybe set up an appointment. Um, yeah, I would. I would completely stop uh, people giving uh, tithes to a church, and and saying that that is supported in in the Bible that that Jesus wants their money, uh, the yeah. the healings. I told the, my wife that um, the Mormon Church can have ten percent of my income. I just need to hand it directly to Jesus. I don't want any middlemen. <laughs> well, did it, what, with the Mormon Church, isn't there isn't there a time where you can you can approach some kind of veil and Jesus' hand comes out? Don't you have that? There's a temple, and I think inside the temple, I've never been in the temple. Yeah, neither have I. Um, they act out sort of the creation story, and they give you, like, uh, uh, your heavenly name and that sort of thing. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Um, I've also heard they have a secret handshake, which I would really love to learn that secret, secret handshake. secret handshake. That, you know, all this kind of Masonic stuff. Um, I don't know if they have, like, Jesus actually reaching out. Fondling you or... Well, I, yeah. I think I'd go to the temple if Jesus would fondle me. <laughs> Oh, they charge for that? Yeah. Uh, is it like a twenty spot for? That's a ten percent. You give it straight to him. <laughs> yeah, but see, that's and maybe the maybe the problems that that uh, you know uh, maybe the problems that we both have with uh, with the idea of religion in general are the things that I would like to see changed. Um, yeah, nobody and and as someone who's who's studied literature, nobody. Uh, treats the Bible like it's literature um, in in churches. I don't think, and they don't even even if you came to it with the um, the idea that you would come to any other text uh, and just to read it. I think there's so much that people are missing. The idea that these are letters; these are written by people, changed by other people. Um, but um, I'm not, you know, I, I wouldn't suggest you know burn every Bible, but I, I would just suggest you know you got to understand it. it's like reading something that's that's gone through a heavy editing process. And it's changed some things, some things, you know, maybe the same, whatever, but um, the idea of, of metaphor and symbolism and the idea that, uh, you know, Christianity isn't, isn't all that unique if you think about it, um, uh, these are things that I think that, that the church uh, will have to come to terms with. And one of the things that I'm hopeful with is in the next hundred years, I don't see how this can happen, at least to some extent. 
I mean, there's so many authors out there right now that are that are making this information accessible to, uh, you know, the everyday person. I mean, Bart Ehrman's a perfect example. I mean, if if it wasn't for him, uh, you know, some of these discussions that that we're having with people, or maybe that you guys are having with people, I just don't think would happen because people just have been assuming that somebody was following Jesus around with uh, like a dictamophone or something and and just recording it and, and writing word for word down or um, and these things. Those are things that I hope change. And uh, and I'm hopeful because I think they will. I think the last 300 years, we've, we've done so much work on learning about why the Bible is the way it is. And now we just need to have people that are doing a good job of uh, PR for that. Well, now, curiously enough, uh, a thought just ran through my head. Um, when you actually believed, did you have your belief goggles on when you went through the Bible? Because, I mean, there are some pretty horrific things written down in the Bible that when you have your belief goggles on, at least Charlie and I did, where you read through it and your your mind just kind of skims over it because it, it's all God's plan. But then when you put on a skeptical eye and you actually start thinking about this where logic is concerned, you start seeing these horrible travesties by these tribal people as they're traveling around. Did you ever have those belief goggles and then go back in the Bible and go, whoa, I don't remember that being in there? Yeah. In fact, I even had that worse. I mean, I, you know, I, uh, I almost said the, I almost said the word, I hope that God forgives me. Uh, and, and maybe that's, <laughs> I hope that, I hope that God forgives Need me. Because I, reaction? Yeah. Because, you know, I've, I've even used that same, you know, Christianity is very strong in this in this effect. It's it's got this great um, system of when you see something like that, this is how you work it out logically. This is why those things happened. And this, you know, if if it looks like God's doing something really bad here, let's let's look how it really plays out. You know, yeah. So I even when other people would ask me questions like, oh, what do you do with this verse? I would I was very you know religious and and I was a, a pretty good Christian. So I. I I would show them ways that would make them feel bad that they would even question that God would say, hey, Moses, why don't you go, uh, you know, kill all the women and children, but uh, the women that haven't, you know, been known to a man yet, why don't you go ahead and give those to to your men? Um, you know, I, I, I would find ingenious ways to just, hey, this is this is part of God's plan for growing his people. And, and I feel like if there's anything I feel like shit about in my life, it's when I've helped people walk through those situations. Right. And, uh, and now I'm looking back like, oh, I hope that I can find these people again. It's like, you know, it's when you're a Christian, they're like, oh, you'll never have a chance to evangelize this person again. Now I'm like, I'll never have a chance to go back and be like, whoa, 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 wait. Sorry about that. Uh, first of all, I don't believe that this happened. I think this is this is kind of like a just kind of guys sitting around the water hole and bragging about how cool Israel was back in the day, and uh, how many people they really just kicked their ass, and you know they don't even kick their ass, but they took their women too. I mean, I think it's just a whole lot of bragging rights there. But um, it's interesting you mention uh, Bart Ehrman or Ehrman Bart or whatever Ehrman. his name is, yeah, because uh, I'm reading his uh, newest book, Jesus Interrupted, right now, and he's going through a lot of the discrepancies in the New Testament. Hmm. And he specifically mentions uh, multiple times how easy it is when you read the text uh, vertically, like you read it as it was written, one book, then you read the next book, then you read the next book, that these discrepancies never pop up. It's yep. only when you read the stories side by side or horizontally that you ever see this. And I, I must have read the New Testament four or five times. Um, Better than me, I could never get through it. Covered, it's a short book. <laughs> I realize it's short, but have you seen the... Re I mean, someone's begetting somebody somewhere. That's no, all uh, I there's not much of that in the New Testament. Um, but he, he also mentions that not only is it um, very difficult to, to see these things on a casual read-through, but once they're pointed out, they become so amazingly obvious. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. Um, fascinating stuff. Anyway, he's, he's a great author. He really is, and I think that he's going to be one of those guys. You know, I think that uh, Richard Dawkins is is one of these guys, but uh, you know, uh, he doesn't have the tact that like the two of you have. Um, I think. <laughs> well, I think you're the only person to ever say Charlie and I have tact. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if the comparison's ever been made between you and Dawkins, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll throw that in there too. But here's you know here I want something on both sides I want something on on the Christianity side I want them to like give a little they need to give a whole lot actually on their side and and what I want is uh you know typically I think the 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 side of 
of of the voices or the voices of atheism are are seen as these these pissed off guys like the 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 people that are just uh they're upset you know they've got they've got god issues and they're going to take them out on the world and they and they just come in and you're so stupid how could you even think that you know yada 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 what I appreciate about what you guys have done, at least for the couple podcasts that I've listened to, uh, even though you you joke around and you ask uh, pretty critical, you know, critical questions, you do it in a way that doesn't convey that you're pissed off at people for believing. Um, you know, I, I went to see Richard Dawkins uh, uh, debate somebody, and he was furious that this guy believed the stuff that he did, and and he was it was down here in the South, it was in Birmingham, Alabama, and and people were like getting on this other guy's side, like the Christian guy's side, just because it was like, well, this Richard Dawkins just pissed off. Like, you could see his face getting red. I mean, I think he was breaking a sweat. He was just personally <laughs> offended. Like yeah. yeah, that this... That's and I think that's the voice that, that, that people are hearing now. And there's there's really a lot of in, intelligent voices out there that, uh, you know, Christians could learn a thing or two or hundred from, uh, like, what you guys are doing. I appreciate that. Oh, um, thanks, thanks. I, I'm always surprised when people are offended by what other people uh, believe. It, to me, I'm I'm just curious, basically. Under, yeah. I want to know why people believe, how they arrive at their beliefs, that sort of thing. Um, I'm offended when they get into politics and they <laughs> <laughs> and they start telling me that I can't prescribe certain medications because it interferes with their religious beliefs or we can't do certain research on stem cells. And when that somebody sort of tells your child that men only have uh, one less Yeah, rib. yeah, that, that gets that, to me. That but, really um, got to you. Actually, that was hilarious to watch. <laughs> yeah, uh, but um, I, it's it's more effective as a communicator to to explain to people, say, here are the problems with that belief. And then do with you know do with that what you will. Well, what I'd really like to see is Dawkins as half of a book and a Christian response to Dawkins as the other half, or, or two arguments you know in the same book. That would be a really good book. Well, that would it, be interesting. There's there's a uh, and I don't mean to just be dropping books right now, dropping book titles, but uh, I would love to get your 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 feedback on uh, this book if you ever hear it. It's uh, called uh, Thank God for Evolution. Have you read this? Have you seen I this? Read it, no. I haven't even heard of it. Uh, I've met this guy. He's, yeah. In fact, you guys should talk to him sometime. He's a. The only churches that let him come and talk are Universalist churches. So interesting. Uh, he is an evangelist for evolution, and and he does a pretty. Um, maybe he's even influenced some of my ideas on what God is. Um, and it's for him, it's definitely an impersonal God, but it's also a part of the creative process of the universe. Um, whether it is just the idea that the universe is creating things or, or not. Um, but uh, I don't know why I brought that up. I just thought oh, he, uh, he was, was kind of in conversation with Dawkins, and Dawkins said, you know, this is probably the only, uh, only thought-out response to what, if, you know, if there was a God that I, would, that I, that I could think of, this, this, uh, this defense that you've made of your God. And he said, I'll, I'll never put that in writing, but you know, this is what I think. Uh, and, and then he said, and the, the guy asked him for uh, if he could you know, write some of his stuff and use some of Dawkins' stuff in his book. And Dawkins said, yeah, go ahead. Um, but thank God for evolution. You should, he's got this picture of a uh, – he drives around. He, he's awesome. He drives around a van with his wife, um, and they just go around preaching evolution and you know, basically telling – trying to tell churches, like, you need to, you need to accept evolution. Like, you know, get with it. Uh, but his van has a has a picture of the Jesus fish kissing the Darwin fish and little um, little hearts coming up from the relationship. It's, yeah. I'd love a picture of that. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to read that book. Wow. Yeah, I, I think it's available. You can get it. Uh, ThankGodForEvolution dot com. Uh, you can cut that part out when you're editing, so you don't you don't have to be plugging this guy. But uh, um, <laughs> but uh, I think you can get a free ebook on there. I'm I'm not on his like promotion team or anything like that so right. I'm not I'll plug him all we like as long as we get him on here to talk yeah, he sounds absolutely. interesting oh I guarantee he'll get on there and he's uh his wife's like a science a science writer or something maybe anyway anyway after the podcast I'll get his, his contact information from you but speaking of podcasts this is actually where we tie it up is there anything else you'd like to say Nick no, I just I really appreciate what you guys are doing. Um, you know, it's it's hard for for somebody that's in my position to explain how I think that uh, how I think with everything that I've 
thrown out how I still think that there is uh, some sort of God and not sound like an idiot. So maybe uh, maybe you can do that in post like post production. You can make it so I don't sound like a, whatever. I think I pull off your voice to to change. Things. <laughs> uh, uh, if you can put like a really great defense, I don't know That's for. Uh, but uh, no, I really appreciate what you guys are doing. It's it's uh, you're pretty courteous for somebody coming on here and. And, uh, you know, somebody that you might be like, why the hell does this guy think that there's a God? Because he's, he's one step away from us. Or, and I'm sure you're making a bet, like, how many years it's going to be until I'm, until I'm back <laughs> what are you on. are about years? We're talking months. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. What was the name of, of your podcast again? So it's the Nick and Josh Podcast. It's nickandjoshpodcast.com, thenickandjoshpodcast.com, or if you just search for it on iTunes, it'll be the one that pops up. Right on. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming on board, and uh, we very much appreciate it. Uh, Thanks, guys.